Welcome, everyone. Hi, I'm Henry DeVries. I run a company called Indie Books International. And welcome to our podcast, Marketing with a Book. Not marketing a book. I'm sure there must be a podcast with that name, and I'm sure it's great. We're marketing with a book. It's how to find new clients by marketing with a book and a speech. And we have two experts with us today. Best-selling authors uh, in three categories last week. So we'll talk all about that. Before we talk about the book and the concept of deliver unforgettable presentations, we'd like to do our Indie Books author roll call. And I see we've got uh, Chris Hodges and uh, Parisa and Sonia and Mark. Uh, so why don't we start with uh, Chris and go to uh, Parisa. Hello, everybody. My name is Chris Hodges. I am, in fact, the author of Noble Automation Now, which is a book about how to help human beings be heroes in the age of automation. And I am currently not holding my book up because I'm at a client site doing work on automation. <laughs> so happy to join you all. Oh, those clients. It'd be a great business if you didn't have all those clients, Chris. <laughs> uh, well, um, let's go to... Uh, uh, Parisa, if you could unmute yourself and tell us about your upcoming book. Hello, everyone. Uh, Parisa Bainey here, Business Whisperer, Six Sense Strategy. Uh, my book is called Modern Badass, Tales from the Leadership Front. And uh, it is for all of those heavy hitting, uh, hard charging disruptors out there that don't always feel seen, heard, understood, or respected. Happy to be here. Thanks for being here. Well, we have uh, Sonia with us today from Columbia to Hollywood to Orange County. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, tell everybody about your book? Um, Sonia Jantini, and my book is The Integrative Leader. It's about how to use both sides of the brain to make better decisions and lead uh, a teams in a very organic way. Thanks for being with us today. It's good to see you again. Good to and see you too. Our, chair, our chairman, Mark LeBlanc. Thank you, Henry. Uh, my name is Mark LeBlanc, and I live in Edina, Minnesota, just outside of downtown uh, Minneapolis. And my next book is being co authored with Henry and David Goldman. And the title is Bringing in the business without sounding like a salesperson. Uh, certainly a common challenge and refrain from people in professional services. And so we're, we're excited to put out another winner in the world of uh, uh, consultants and coaches and thought leaders and professionals. Thank you, Henry. You're welcome. When, when Mark and I first met, Mark had two books and an underground bestseller, and then his book that he's most proud of, Never Be the Same. And since then, how many books will this be for you, Mark? This will be number seven. Number seven. And we found something interesting, and if I can speak for you, Mark, is we would be at events, and Mark might have a table where you could you know, meet the author afterwards. And the more books he got, um, the more interest that was developed. There's something about an author with several books. And, and uh, I know uh, Darren has books and uh, the idea of being a thought leader 
I think it's, was there a book before uh, 17? I think there was, wasn't there? Yes, two actually. One was called uh, The Speaker's Edge. Another was called yes. Stop and Get Rich. Yes. So the idea that a thought leader is not one and done. A thought leader doesn't say everything they have to say in one book or two, uh, but multiple books. I'm excited about bringing in the business. Um, Mark? I was just going to add, it, it does something to the author personally as well. I think my first book, which you were so kind to say uh, is an underground bestseller, I waited 10 years before I did my second book. And then Never Be the Same came out. And to date, that's my crowning jewel uh, of, of my career. I waited seven years before I did my third book. And when I look back, what a, what a mistake. Um, because as I got books number three and number four, even personally, it was like, well, maybe that first one wasn't a fluke. You know, maybe I am a player, <laughs> you know, in the profession. And so and so it just you're right. I mean, a thought leader, Seth Godin didn't stop after one book and neither should we. Yeah. Well, Mark, since you did a true confession, I'll do mine. Uh, my first book came out in 1991, and it was a modest bestseller. And a publisher, the publisher, the new publisher who bought the firm, took me out to lunch at a fancy restaurant and said, "We need your next book." And I thought, "Well, I'm not doing that again." And I waited <laughs> ten years. <laughs> so. Yeah, what was I thinking? Okay, well, thanks everybody. We have something very special today and we have two world champions. You know, think about that. Um, you know, who do you know that is a world champion in something? Well, Darren LaCroix, Mark Brown, both world champion public speakers, uh, Toastmasters. So uh, a competition and an amazing group that's been around since the early 20s that helps people be better speakers. And these two people have risen to the top of that. And now they've created a book with Patricia Fripp, who's a Hall of Fame speaker, uh, first woman elected to be the president of the National Speakers Association, called Deliver Unforgettable Presentations. And yes, I'm the publisher. And yes, don't ask a barber if you need a haircut. Don't ask me if you're an author and you need to buy this book, because my answer is yes, you do. There are so many great tips and techniques and just things that will immediately improve your presentations. And we can all do that. So I'm gonna interview uh, them separately. So first, Devin, if we could uh, pin me with Mark and there we go. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for squeezing this in. I know you have to go off and do another uh, presentation. Uh, those clients, those pesky clients uh, are demanding <laughs> you. But um, if you could tell me from your perspective, why this book? Why do you think people need this book? People need this book because we have to communicate every single day. We are all presenters at some point or not. We may not think, well, I'm a public speaker or a politician or an attorney, but we communicate. And how we communicate really will help individuals 
get their ideas of what we believe, how we portray our ideas, how we persuade people, how we entertain people. Humorists, doctors, educators are all presenters of some sort. And this book really provides a blueprint for anyone to prepare and deliver a really remember representation, I mean, memorable in terms of from scratch. Where do I start? Where do my ideas come from? And when I get the ideas, how do I put them together in a framework that's seamless, that's smooth, that's well-structured and can really reach the audience? So long story short, this short book covers what we say from soup to nuts, the experience of preparing and presenting an unforgettable presentation. Anyone who presents needs this book. So if we were going to build a house, we would want to have a foundation and a framework to it. Definitely. For a presentation, tell us what the foundation and the framework should be from your perspective. Well, from my perspective, based upon my coaching of other speakers, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I got to share this. People want to use their best story to wow the audience and say how good they are. But a proper structure sets a foundation for whatever you want to build. If I have an idea, I need to know the right stories, the right examples, what information will I give. I also need to know how to structure my presentation so my information, my entertainment, my stories, my humor all fit together as if I'm on a journey to a specific destination in mind. And I, not without giving too much away, it really begins with a premise. What is my speech or my talk going to be about? What is the destination I want to get to? And you build from that premise. And the book contains how to find the right stories, how to properly structure it, and all of that to really start on the right foundation and build a presentation that people will remember and hopefully repeat as the days and years go by. That was the biggest takeaway I got from the book, was if you're not starting with a premise, where are we going? Um, you might be entertaining or you might have five ways to do this, but what was in it for the audience if they stay with you on this journey? So I, I don't want you to get all the good stuff. We got Darren coming up, but I think we should go to openings now. Um, what are some of the tips and advice you give in the book about opening strong? Well, we always say have a strong opening and the book provides certain opening techniques. We even give you opening language that you can use to get the audience's attention. I know most people think I'm opening to get attention, but there are different techniques and strategies. You can use a question or a provocative statement, but my recommendation is this, and the book will bear this out. It's not just to get attention, it's to make a connection with the audience and give them a reason to lean in. And I love what you said about having a direction because Darren LaCroix, who you will talk to in a couple of seconds, reminded me of a time we were coaching some people and an individual was just going all over the place. And Darren, please jump in and tell me the story because I, I, I don't want to talk about myself. Just jump in and tell the story real quickly what happened that day. Come on. <laughs> uh, that was too funny. Uh, we're in a small meeting room and we're up on the front of the room. There's you, me and the VIP who were coaching. And he was just not getting it. Clarity, clarity, clarity is what we coach. And then we're trying to get him to understand this concept. And finally, I, I've never seen Mark do this before. Out of nowhere, Mark grabs his hand and starts walking him around the room. 
and did no explanation, no anything. And, and the kid, like it was a young kid, he was in his 20s, and he's going around and he's following Mark and he gets to the back of the room and he's, and the kid goes, where are we going? And Mark says, exactly. <laughs> Brilliant. We call that an object lesson. <laughs> so that's symbolic communications where I come from. I've never done that before, though, honestly. Yeah, I, I, but it, it's, it's important to get the right premise. And you said, Henry, good openings not only get their attention, but it, it establishes a connection with the audience and gives them an idea where we're going to go with this as well. One of the simple concepts is this, and the book really bears this out. The structure of a good presentation can literally take you on a journey. And when you get to your destination, ah, it's a good experience. I learned from this and I can now walk away saying that was beneficial. So before you go, I'd like you to take us down memory lane and tell us about your world championship. And then Darren, I'd like that to lead into how you and Mark came together. And we'll let Mark go after he tells his story and bring you on and, and you can tell us the, the Darren and Mark linking up story. Memory lane regarding my Toastmaster experience. I'll give you the Reader's Digest condensed version because I entered the contest as a member of the Reader's Digest Toastmasters Club. See what I did there, how I did that? I did. <laughs> Truth be told, every year, now between 25 and 35,000 people enter the contest every year. I entered by accident way back in 1994 as a last minute replacement for a contestant. At the club level, level one of what was then six, it is now seven levels. Unbeknownst to me, I kept, I don't, as to why, I somehow kept winning. And six months later, I was in the 1994 world championship. No idea how I got there, knowing very little. I did not win, place, or show, to use horse racing terms. But I met someone the day I lost, David Brooks, who is the 1990 world champion. And he told me he believed I had potential, offered to coach me. And I said, yes, I called him the very next day. And that began a wonderful long distance mentoring relationship by phone and fax. It was 94, 95. You understand why. But he was really the first individual who taught me about putting a speech together, having the right structure, having a seamless transition. And David really helped me to do that. And in 95, I went through all six levels again, and I became the world champion with David's help and mentorship. What happens often is this, friends, when you win a Toastmasters title, Toastmasters districts around the world begin calling, can you come and give us a workshop or come be our keynote speaker? And I was giving a presentation at a regional conference in 19, in 2001, I mean, five years later, um, I'm a keynote speaker. And one of the most curious things for me is looking at the audience and trying to connect and find out who's really with you. Now being Jamaican, I talk kind of funny, but I remember that distinctly, that particular event, there was one young man there who was literally a sponge. He came with a legal size hat. He had a pen. He was impeccably dressed in a suit. And he was literally swallowing everything I said. I could have said, today is Friday. And, he, oh, today is Friday. and it was really fun to watch. At the end of my program, he approached me with, one of my buddies was there, his name is Dave McElhaney, and he had a young man with him. 
said, Mark, I'm going to beat this young man. He's a contestant. I believe he can go all the way. But I've helped him to this point. And if he wins, I can no longer help him. I've only won his level. And I can't take him where I've not been. But if he does, would you help him? I said, yeah, man, no problem. <laughs> because I'm Jamaican. That's what we say. A couple of hours later, the young man was in the contest. And he won that regional contest. He now qualified to be in the world championship. And I had agreed to help him. And I'm so glad I did. Because that eager sponge that day in 2001 was a young man named Darren LaCroix. And since then, we have been like brothers. We've worked together. We coach together. We have laughed and cried together. And I get the joy of being a co-author with Darren LaCroix on this book, Deliver Unforgettable presentations there i just teed him right up <laughs> there you go mark thanks so much for being with us uh thank you all we'll talk more soon we're going to talk about you now so that's okay i'll, I'll unplug and i'll let you do that thank you all so much okay. you all a pleasure darren rocket thank you all so be a sponge and and darren is the chancellor president and dean of stage time university and we met well, we met through Patricia Fripp, but we met through uh, an event they would put on called Lady and the Champs in Las Vegas, and now it's called Game Changers. Um, Chris Hodges, I might tee you up just to come in here. Um, so, uh, so Chris Hodges, I told you to go to Game Changers. Is that true? And, and what was your experience? And that is not what happened, actually. I called and asked you, and I said, what do you think? And you said, I wouldn't tell you to go if I didn't think it was valuable. And next thing I know, I'm across the room from Darren and Mark, <laughs> who have, by the way, since helped me since that event. Hmm. So yeah, yes, you were a positive endorser, but I did have to come to you because you didn't want to push. You were very, it, it worked out beautifully. My line usually is, Chris, I don't want to tell you how to live your life, but if you don't go to Game Changers, <laughs> you're making a horrible mistake. You, actually, you said that. I'm sorry, but you did. You actually said that. <laughs> okay. It was Thanks. some equally aggressive statement, I think. Yes, it was aggressive. <laughs> okay. Um, Darren, thanks so much mm -hmm. for being with us and everything. And I, I wanted to tee that story up. He took some of your good parts of your story. That's Mark LeBlanc and I do that to each other all the time. Boy. Take our gags, take our stories um, with a lot of love. But um, just... Uh, there was more to that story on, from your side of it, uh, because were you a natural born speaker and funny person, Darren? Not even close, not even close. And I want to back up one important critical factor that Mark said, but I want to hold it up on a pedestal that my other coach, I had never been, I've been a speaker for seven years. Uh, I've known Mark LeBlanc as a mentor since day one uh, in the National Speakers Association. Uh, the, this coach in 2001, I finally realized, ooh, something's at stake. I should get a coach. Who's a coach? So I found this gentleman, and he was brilliant. But when he walked me over to Mark, Mark said this, but I want to emphasize it, because it's why you read a book. It's why you write a book. And David said, Darren, I can't take you where I have not been. So he had never been to the world championship. So he realized that he was limited in his experience there. And so that's when he kind of handed me over to Mark. Uh, and then fascinating, I 
had been a speaker for seven years and I was the king of my Toastmaster club and my ego was getting a little big. So the first time I got to work with Mark, again, this was before uh, websites and social media and all that, uh, he gave me a process to write the first version of my speech. And so I did. Now, Mark is in New York at Reader's Digest. I was in Boston. So I didn't want to send Mark. We had email back then. I didn't want to send Mark my first version of the speech because I wanted to see the joy on his face when I handed him the greatest speech in the history of Toastmasters. So I drove two and a half hours. Uh, I, we're in a little corporate meeting room. It was my both my coaches and Mark standing there, six foot two, heart of gold, native of Jamaica, beautiful booming laugh like the guy from the old 7-Up commercial. Ah, ha, ha, ha. As I handed Mark the speech, the greatest speech in the history of Toastmasters, I swear it was so good you could hear choirs of angels. As I handed it to Mark, Mark took the speech. I kid you not, Mark took the speech. Oh, Dadden, we have some work to do. I did everything you told me to do. I wrote the greatest speech that I could write from the level I was at. But if you want to be unforgettable, you got to learn from someone who's unforgettable. And I, I then, well, after Mark and I kind of yelled at each other for a few minutes and he was so gracious, I finally realized if you're not coachable, there is no cure. If you're not coachable, there is no cure. And so I, I needed the humility and Mark put up with me and then I became, that's when I became a sponge for the, for at that point. So anyway, uh, and Henry, you may not know this or you may not remember this, but it was 77 days later that I competed in the world championship and Mark showed me. So what did Mark see in those two minutes? that I couldn't see after seven years as a speaker. He could instantly see the problem, but I didn't have the perspective. So we bottled it up into this book, what he taught me and what Patricia taught me. And so, for example, so if you're taking notes, take notes. When I first gave Mark the first version of the speech, I told a story of going home to tell my parents I wanted to be a comedian. This is what it sounded like. So I went home to tell my parents I wanted to be a comedian and they were speechless. They didn't know what to say. Okay, that's past tense. That's telling us about an event. Mark helped bring me to the moment. He said, Darren, let them experience the moment. So it turned into, I went home all excited. Mom, dad, I wanna be a comedian. I was met by silence. And so he taught me telling it in dialogue, bringing us to the moment. And Henry, last night I gave a speech here at the Rio Casino uh, for a group of fleet pros. And when I taught them about dialogue and storytelling, because they're pitching and they're trying to get increased budgets because they, sell, they are trying to get a budget for all the different vehicles in municipalities like fire engines, police yeah. cars. And so when I gave them that clue, this guy pulled me aside after about the dialogue. I said, talk about the lives that are gonna be saved if you increase the budget. But let me hear a mother whose child was saved because of having the right equipment. And, and anyway, the guy was out of his mind. He goes, I'm gonna use that next week. Um, so anyway, at the convention, real quick, at the convention, the keynote speaker in 2001 at the Toastmasters convention was Patricia Fripp. 
who I had known for many years, but she put up a visual of the Fripp speech model. And after seven years, so I'm just, uh, I'm competing tomorrow. I'm just sitting in the audience and I see this and I literally, it was here in the choirs of angels. I'm like, I get it now. Cause I have been told, uh, tell them what you're gonna tell them, tell them, tell them what you told them, which is a structure, but a horrible structure, unless you're a very beginner and that's all you can handle. Then I heard, tell a story, make a point, 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 which might mean you have great moments but there's no glue, there's no structure to the whole presentation to work as one. When I saw the Fripp speech model, I was, I was like, that's it, that's my problem, now I get it. So our stories really did tie together and to work with my coach and my mentor, Patricia Fripp, uh, has been un unbelievable. Darren, we met through Fripp. Fripp's such a connector for so many people. Mark LeBlanc certainly knew her through NSA. But I had come out, I had written a book. I was at the university. I'd written a book, Closing America's Job Gap. This was 2010 when it was such a horrible problem, unemployment in the United States. And um, another author said, so what's the main message of your book? I said, well, the main message of, well, there's a lot of, uh, uh, he goes, yeah. Uh, Patricia Fripp has a two-day training in Las Vegas. You need to get there right away. And <laughs> it was it was a it was trial by fire in a boot camp. And at lunch, um, you stopped by and had lunch with us. And just when you first see this model and how things connect, um, I love your sound effect too. You got choirs of angels. Nice touch there, Lacroix. Um, it it just really opens your eyes and things fall off. Now there's another person Page who's involved. 60. Here we go. Visual sixty is the game changer. Yep. So there's another person in all of this that uh, Patricia introduced us to is Michael Haig, the story consultant mm. out of Hollywood and worked with Will Smith and Morgan Freeman and others. And the story that you told is reminiscent of you make it a movie. And I know you're a screenwriter and, and I'm a screenwriter and we're always learning about how do you make this little mini one minute movie, two minute movie inside of your speech. Um, I'm gonna do a blatant commercial on October 6th. We have a no cost webinar with Michael Haig and uh, you can come in and uh, Michael loves to teach. He's, he's an ex-teacher and he loves to do Q&A and problem solve and all that. So again, uh, uh, Chris Hodges and others, I won't tell you how to live your life, but if, if you don't go to that free workshop with Michael Haig, you know, you're making a horrible, tremendous mistake. Okay. Too late, so, I'm signed up. Um, Darren, we, we talked about opening. Why don't you talk about closing the speech, the importance of closing the speech? Nice, thank you. And uh, I will say the greatest lesson I learned after 2001 was from Michael Haig. And I talked about it last night, teaching better stories, better business, where he says the goal of any story is to elicit emotion, to elicit emotion. A lot of people create a story or create a presentation and that, that's never a goal. It's never in their mind to go to, to strive towards that. So in fact, uh, in your closing, as your question, we should always consider, well, how did we open? 
you know, how did we open? Because sometimes we need to at least acknowledge how we opened and circle back. If we if we opened with a rhetorical question, we might want to revisit that rhetorical question, but now see it differently. Uh, and Henry, when Patricia and I were first creating the audio program, Create Your Keynote, which was the audio of this book, that's where this book came from, we created a close. So there are many different techniques of closing, but one of the techniques that we teach, just for everyone, great, write this one down, it's called the dialogue close. And the dialogue close is looking back in your speech, taking a key story and taking a line of dialogue from that story and using it as a close. So by the way, an opening we say must set up your premise and a closing should reinforce your premise. So the premise is critical. And if you listen to Patricia, she may have talked about this last week, but she says it's the thought or the idea that you're selling. So the dialogue goes, let's say I tell a story of my mentor, my comedy mentor, Vinny, and what he taught me about stage time. Well, at the end, I can refer back to that or call back to that by saying, look, I don't know everything about presentations, but I do know this. If Vinny was here right now, he would tell you, never turn down stage time. And then walk off. So again, Michael Haig's advice, how do you elicit emotion in the close? How do you elicit emotion in your stories? The emotion is the memory peg, and that's why we call it unforgettable. Anyone can create a presentation, but it's the emotional memory peg that makes it unforgettable. So Mark LeBlanc taught me that we can all make people think. It's almost the easiest thing to do is to get them to think about something. But can you touch their heart? Can you make them feel noble? Can you tickle the funny bone? Can you make them laugh? And um, uh, it's one of your lines, uh, one of the lines about, oh, if I'm going to be a professional speaker, should I study humor? Should I make people laugh? And what do you say to that? Well, as it's said in the industry, the, the old adage is only if you want to make money. Yeah, only if you want to make money, only if you want to get paid, um, because it's the experience we bring them. I guess... Michael brought it home for us, though, the experience is about the emotion. He calls Hollywood the emotion picture capital of the world. And it's a $600 billion industry that people, and it's not a necessity. It's not like oil and gas or food or healthcare. Uh, this is all optional dollars we're spending on this. But maybe because we're hardwired this way, we need to feel these emotions. Mm. And the storytellers, the speakers, the authors, the experts have a role in the village here. Mm. Uh, we have a very important role in the village to help people through. And Darren, what have I missed? What else should we include about this book? Well, one of the things that we had done from the original audio program that turned into a book is at the end of each, so it's a seven step process to create the presentation, but at the end of each chapter, we highlight after two decades, all of us have been presenting for two decades and coaching presenters, we see the same mistakes over and over again. So at the end of every chapter, we kind of recap and highlight, look, here's the mistakes we see. So for example, in the close that you had asked about, when I spoke to Wells Fargo, I'm speaking to their high level executives who give presentations. And one of my pet peeves 
especially in the corporate world, is a thank you slide. You need a slide to help you say thank you? Like, that's ridiculous. Like, like if you want to say thank you, which is a horrible closing, just shut off the slides, hit the B button, and say thank you. But if you're going to be like, thank you, thank you, like, that's horrible. So I did that at Wells Fargo, and I had two people who were presenting later in the day pull me aside and say, I cut out the thank you slide. (laughs) It's just, you know, as Patricia says, your last words linger. So we must think of what are our last words, and it shouldn't be thank you. You hang out with people with accents. Hey, um, we forgot to mention, you can get your own copy of Deliver Unforgettable Presentations on Kindle for 99 cents right now. We're in the middle of the 99 cent campaign. And this is something we believe in strongly at Indie Books. We do it so you can leave verified purchase reviews, honest reviews. Uh, You don't have to give it a five star, uh, you know, that's fine. But it's more important that we get a number of positive reviews and matter of fact, I, I hate it when there's 20 reviews and they're all five stars. You kind of think, well, the fix is in here. Um, so be honest, that's fine, um, but review it. It's the thing that we need to do to help each other as authors. And um, if you can uh, blog about this book, if you can invite one of the authors to be on a podcast that you run or uh, speak at a presentation, that's what the indie family is all about, amplifying each other's work and helping each other out in this way. So really encourage you to buy the book. Um, I buy it, well, I buy it, but I bought this one because I always want it on my phone for when I'm traveling, I can just call it up on Kindle and go, right, let me quickly review these mistakes and make sure that I don't make one. Hmm. Okay, well, Again, thank you uh, for being with us and uh, thank your, your partner there. And um, you're very generous in the advice that you give away. You're very generous in the events. So if people wanted to get on your list, uh, where should they go? Well, I would tell you just a free bonus that goes along with the book. If you go to deliverunforgettablepresentations.com forward slash bonus, We have a knowledge vault with 25 of the tools from the book that you can get. It's free. So go check that out. That's great. That's great. Thank you so much. School is never out for the professional. We always need to be learning and honing and getting better. And um, I mean, Darren, you're great. But when you look at Darren five years ago, are you better than that, Darren? I hope so. I think so. And uh, I can't wait to see Darren in five more years and mm. see how much better you are because you keep applying the crap. Thank you for that. Um, thank you for having me. Thank you, everybody. And we look forward to seeing you on another episode of the Marketing with a Book podcast. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>